Hello and welcome to Shit I Wish Someone Would Have Told Me, a series of conversations with my guests and I where we talk about all of the shit that we wish someone would have told us at one point or another, all of which relate back to the most important topic, you and yourself. Our conversation today is with Beatrice from the Cheating on Fear podcast and we're we talking about motherhood. So make sure to buckle up if you've got any of those mother wounds, those feminine energy wounds, if you have difficult relationships, if you don't have a relationship, we are here to honor and respect all of that. Beatrice is a mother. I am not. If you know much about me, then you know that the relationship that I personally have with my mother um, is challenged. So not that anything bad ever happened. It's just kind of where we are with our dynamic. And we talk more about that in this episode. It's really cool because we kind of ended up tag teaming like interview style. And so you get different perspectives and takes on, you know, what it's like to be a mom and then also what it's like to have a relationship kind of like the one that I go into sometimes like I touch on, um, but I dive in a little bit deeper on this. So it's a good episode. Make sure to take care of your mental health. Um, as always, turn it off if you need. But this is something that, you know, it's not an easy conversation. But at the same time, I very much appreciate Beatrice's vulnerability and authenticity to come forward and talk about this. Um, and so I hope that our conversation today does shed some light and just give you some perspective and, you know, a feeling of, knowing that you are not alone. So with that being said, um, make sure to go ahead and follow Cheating on Fear. Check out their podcast at Cheating on Fear. You can find them on Instagram or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you don't know, these conversations happen live every Friday over on my Instagram at Soul Searching and Squats. So make sure to tune in for that. If you feel that someone might benefit from having to listen to this, please do share it with them. And let me and Beatrice know what you think of this podcast, what stood out to you, what resonated, what your experience is like by sliding into our DMs over on Instagram. Our handles are linked below, so you can just tap right over to it. And without further ado, let's hear about some shit that we wish someone would have told us about motherhood. Hello, hello, and welcome to Should I Wish Someone Would Have Told Me, a series of conversations between my guests and myself, where we talk about all of the shit that we wish at some point. And today, um, those topics all always, of course, relate back to the most important topic of you. This is Beatrice from Cheating on Fear. She's already here. And today, what we're going to be talking to you about is shit that uh, we wish someone would have told us about motherhood. And so um, before we get started, just to let you know a little bit about who Beatrice is, she is the co-host of Cheating on Fear which is a podcast that talks about all those things that are kind of taboo that we oftentimes like fear or shy away from. And they really work to, um, and do a beautiful job of like dismantling some of like the, the common like subconscious beliefs we have around that um, to help you like, you know, just be a, be a bad person. I mean like a bad ass, not like a bad person. <laughs> a, a bad, good person. Yeah, like a badass. I was gonna say like a bad bitch, but I'm like, not all guys like associate with that. Okay. <laughs> my, my Dante has no problem being a bad bitch. All right, right. no problem so with that. Go with that then. <laughs> um, is there anything that you would like to add to like who you are, what you do? 
Well, first of all, I, I'm so happy to be talking with you again. I, we, our, our chats are legendary, so I'm really happy to be, to be back on here with you again and to have a chance to, to talk about little, like these kinds of topics, like just, you know, um, they're, they're important things. And um, the podcast has been on hiatus for a few weeks. Um, but we are coming back on Monday. Yeah, so we're very excited about that. And, and just we were just taking some time to breathe mm -hmm. and process some stuff. And uh, so that's, it's, been, it's been a nice break, but it, it's nice to be coming back. And, and, and this, is, this is my first kind of toe dip back into the, into the world. So I'm, I'm very happy. I'm very Welcome. happy. So thank you. Yeah, of course. Thank you. I'm excited to hear what the next episode is. Can we get a sneak peek or no? Is it like top secret? Um, we're bringing back um, a regular friend of the podcast. Um, so, and uh, he his he's always very enjoyable, and we we're we're big, you know. So that's all I'm gonna say. There's just the, bring back some old friends and new friends. So cool. yeah, well, tune in. That'll be dropping on Wednesday. Wednesday. Cool. Yeah. So, and we're on, we're on, we're on Apple, we're on Spotify, um, Stitcher, all the places where your favorite podcast lives. So we're wow. looking forward to seeing everybody again. We, we missed you. <laughs> so I'll be sure to do that next Wednesday. Um, yeah. And so what we're here to talk about today, should I wish someone would have told me about motherhood? And I'm not a mom. Um, for anyone who knows me, I plan on having kids, never have. Um, and Beatrice is a mother of two. Actually, today I have been a mom for 22 years. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. 22 years ago this morning, I became a mom for the first time. So it's kind of, yeah. I just got chills. How I know. I didn't think about it when we, when we booked this, but this morning I was like, oh, it's like my mom anniversary. That's what, that's. <laughs> it is. And can I just say, like, before we, like, dive in, that I think, I mean, I guess we are just diving in, but um, I think that a lot of times we celebrate the birthdays, but not that, like, the parents. Like, y'all, like, y'all, you did a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I, and that's the thing, I think, I think it's a, sometimes it's a bigger deal for me, like, I, every year on this day, I think about that day. You know, and it's just like, oh, that was painful, but it was so worth it. You know, <laughs> I hear that a lot. Um, but yeah, I think about that like on my birthday. I'm like, well, this is also kind of like my mom's um, day as well because yeah, she was going through some shit at this time. You mm -hmm. know, but and do you do how many times has your mom told you your birth story and like what time everything happened and all that stuff? You've heard that a bunch of times. I don't recall hearing it a bunch of times, but like I know it. Like I know she was in labor for three days. Wow. I, yeah. I know that they had to have a section because apparently my nose was turned up, so I wouldn't like go through the birth canal. Oh, you were sunny side up. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, I know like those kinds of things, but I know what time I was born, um, what day. But I guess I googled that. But yeah, so I do know parts of it, but I didn't hear the story too many times. Mm -hmm. So. My, my my boys are tired of hearing the story. <laughs> They're just tired of hearing it. It's like, well, we know the story. Well, we are ready to hear it today. So feel free to tell it to us. And let's kick it off with, um, officially, uh, what's some shit that you wish someone 
would have told you about motherhood? Um, I think that, I, I think that I, I, I wish they would have told me, and it's funny, I, I don't know if you're probably too young for this, but some people out there might remember um, a show called Frasier. It was a spinoff from Cheers. I Frasier. You remember Frasier? Okay, I don't know. I, I just, some people look at me like, what the hell is Frasier? Yeah. Um, so it was a spinoff from Cheers. And there's an episode where um, Roz, his producer, gets pregnant by accident. And, right. she's, and she's just like, all like, I'm not ready to be a mom and all this kind of stuff. And and she's like, I, I'm not ready to be a mom. I can't even keep fresh milk in the house. And right. Frasier says, well, actually, like, for the first year, they don't even drink cow's milk and she was like see I don't even know that and she just feels all, like completely inadequate and he says you know you don't just love your kids you fall in love with them mm -hmm. and and I I don't I don't think I, I was prepared for that people don't tell you um that you're going to just fall in love with them and that doesn't mean that you like love everything that they do or um or agree with everything all the time, especially as they start to get older, as my, like my boys are, are pretty much adults now, but you fall in love with them. And, and it's just, it's one of those intensities of emotion that I just don't think a lot of people are ready for and they don't know what to do with, you know? And so sometimes, sometimes that shit goes wrong, which I think we're gonna talk about today, but, but I, I don't think they, I wish they'd have told me that, you know, that you're just gonna, you're just going to keep falling in love with them over and over again at every stage, right? There's something to love at every stage. And what's happening now with my boys, one of them, the older one whose birthday it is today just moved out last week. And that's a whole new thing. And, and all the emotions that go along with that. And people are like, are you so sad? And I'm like, no, I, I got another closet, but um, I miss him, but, uh, but it's nice, you know, so I don't think, I don't think people prepare you for that for that intensity of emotion and, and, you know, that you can love something so much and still not love everything that they do. And that's okay too, you know? Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Like I've never, in all the conversations I've had, I've never heard anyone put it like that. Oh no? No. I've heard that like, oh, it's painful, like, but it's so worth it. And I'm like, oh no, you're not selling me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> No, there's this thing women do where they just love to tell each other how painful labor is. And it's like, eh, but yeah, go ahead. Like, I've seen those videos. I'm not interested. Not, mm -mm. but uh, yeah, I think that like what, as I was listening to you, I was just thinking like, what like a beautiful way to love. And I think that that's something that, again, don't have kids. But, like, I, I recognize as being like a cool part of like friendships and like romantic relationships that I've had where it's kind of like and you hear people who've been together for like lots of years talking about exactly what you said like falling in love again because like you are evolving this person is growing and so I think that that's a really cool thing because love is so like complex and like intricate and um I think that like unconditional component to it is just like a really beautiful thing and like what you said like no there's some shit you don't like and that's okay and at the same time, like, you love the person. And I think that that's cool. Yeah. So. Oh, thank yeah, thank you. And I, I was just writing, like, and, and I, I think that's, that's, I just want to say something before we move forward with this, that 
I think we need to normalize. Like, I don't know how many times you've been asked, like, are you going to have kids or when are you going to have kids? Yeah, I think we need to normalize not asking that question. We need to normalize people's choices to have kids or not have kids. Right. And either one is fine. Like, I think, I think that's a big part of, of feminism is about women making choices. And if they want to have children, great. And if they don't, also fine. Like, I came from a place, and I have no regrets, okay, about having children. I'm happy. I love my boys. I couldn't imagine my life any other way. However, even as late as when I had them in the late 90s, that wasn't an option that was extended to me, was to not have kids. That was just an expectation of that's just what you do. That's part of your linear life script, mm -hmm. right? You just, you, you, you go to school, you get a job, you find, you find a partner, you have kids, you do all the things, right? And, and I just, I want to say to you, um, I'm, I'm going to apologize for all the people that ask you those ridiculous questions and that, and that all of the, all the things that go along with that, almost like that kind of side-eye suspicion of mm -hmm. what? Like you're, that's not in your plan? Right, like what's wrong? No, bitch, it's not in my plan. Yeah, like are you infertile? Like there's no one like, is there a also, like- Also not an appropriate question. Right. Inappropriate yeah. question. Yeah, thank you for that and for pointing out the normalization of it and for the apology. I haven't gotten that comment in a long, long time, but then again, I'm like, well, I don't really go anywhere. Um, <laughs> Well, there's that. <laughs> there, there is that. But um, I told this story actually the other day. Um, I have been in a relationship with someone that told me after the fact that we made things like official. They were like, let's be boyfriend and girlfriend. That they then were like, yeah, well, since you don't want kids, like I could never take this relationship seriously. And I'm like, why would you ask me to like make this like a thing then if you know that? Like, so yeah. Yeah, that's like all. That's the one that deleted. Wait, is that no? That's the one that blocked. Oh, oh, that's not the one that deleted all your photos. No, that's another oh. one. We need to talk about your filter. <laughs> it's gotten better. I mean, okay. I just turned it off. But well, you know, I I have I have um, a friend, a, a a good friend of mine who um, she's from a huge family. Her husband's from a huge family. They're a beautiful couple, like just awesome people, and they were having trouble conceiving, and they they tried a couple of things and at a certain point they both just went no like we're done we're just going to enjoy each other and enjoy our lives and and i i really commend them for that for making that choice because there was a lot of pressure from both sides of the families for them to keep trying and keep you know and 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 i my heart goes out to to people that are dealing with that it's not it's it's not a fun thing to deal with and for them to just sort of make that choice and just say look you know, we're just going to, we're just going to stop all this and, and accept the life that we have. And, right. you know, I, and, and I, and I think even that needs to be normalized is that motherhood doesn't define you as a woman. That's true. It's just, it's just another choice that you have. Right. So, yeah. So and we're going to touch on that later. Um, okay. I, one of your questions. Yeah. So we have questions we prepared for each other. Um, so, so do, you, do you want, do you want to go back and forth or do you I, want to do all, one fine. and the other? We can go back and forth. Okay. So, okay. Question number one, mm -hmm. how did becoming a mom change your relationship with your own mother? 
That's a great, it's a great question. I, I, I think there were, one change was, um, it closed the empathy gap a little bit. Like when you were talking before about when it's your birthday and you think, oh, well, it's not just about me. Like it's about my parents too and what they were dealing with. And, and I think, I think it, it sort of increased my level of empathy before, but you know, I wasn't as, um, you know, it's this level of understanding of like, oh, this is, this is harder than it looks a lot of times. Right. And just kind of giving her the benefit, benefit of the doubt a little bit about, um, you know, some of the challenges of raising me, like, God, I would never, she used to wish girls on me. <laughs> I hope you have girls. And I hope they're just like you. Like I was not easy to raise. Okay. I, I just not. And, and just a little bit of forgiveness for, for some of the things as, as a, as a kid and as a teenager that I was kind of like, hm. you know, um, I think, I think that that's something that, that was when you have your own kids, you're like, Oh, wow. Oh, now I get it. Mm -hmm. I get what you're, <laughs> what you're going through. And, and especially like now dealing with my adult children, it's kind of like, Oh, I need to be careful of this because this is something that really pissed me off with my mom. And I need mm -hmm. to be careful that I don't do it to my kids. So mm -hmm. it's just, and, and this, it's so easy to fall into those patterns. Mm -hmm. And so I think you need to be very conscious about that, about the things that bothered you when you were growing up. It's kind of like stopping the abuse cycle, right? Where it's like, well, I was abused, so I'm going to abuse you and on and on it goes. At what point do you stop the cycle and go, okay, this stops with me, right? Um, but also, I think, I think the other part is that um, becoming a mother has made me in some ways, not so much anymore, but like... <sighs> it makes you a little bit vulnerable to, to, to her criticisms. Like she has this thing where she'll, she'll make little comments. They're like little passive aggressive comments about, you know, um, well, you know, I wouldn't want to be your kid because you don't let them do A, B or C. And you're just like, why? What do you, and, and I wish I had TikTok when my kids were small because they got hacks for everything. Right. It's like, you know, the, the, this question of what do you mean? Like, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? Right. You know, and I, I, I think a lot of so many of us don't question when people say hurtful things, we just kind of go Ugh, and internalize. Yes. Interpret. Whereas now I'm more likely to go, what do you mean? I think especially when it comes from like our parents. Like, I think that yeah, they made like lots of passive aggressive little comments like, as we were children. I mean, not speaking for you, but just like from like experience. And I think that a lot of times too, um, I, I'm coming to a place where I like to, and I'm in the practice of the doubt. Like people are always trying to like do the best they can. And at the same time, I know that like, sometimes that's not, that's not real good. <laughs> do better. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I think that we, yeah, to your point, we, we hear it and we just kind of like learn to like, oh, okay. And like, take it, which isn't cool. But I, I, I think as a mother, when you like, for like, for me, mm -hmm. you, you know, there, I think we've talked about this before. I, you know, I have a tendency to suffer from imposter syndrome, mm -hmm. but one thing, one thing I've never suffered imposter syndrome about is my mothering. Never. I've always been, I've always felt like, I, 
I did that with my with my whole heart and my soul and my head and thinking about things. Um, and that was something that she can, you know, she would say things and it wasn't like I would question myself as a mother, but I would question, why are you saying those things to me? Mm -hmm. Like, does that, does that, do you think that that makes you look like a better mother than me? Do you right. think that it's going to make my children prefer you over me because you're more fun? All grandparents are more fun than the parents. That's just the way that, because they don't give a shit. It's not, the, you're not their responsibility, right? right. Um, so, so I just, yeah, and I, I think, I think that that's, what, if you question, if you go that extra step and, and at, just ask that question, what do you mean? When they right. say those hurtful comments, you're, and then they kind of go, they got to go, uh, and they got to backpedal a little bit. I think that, I think that works with anybody, but especially, but I think certain comments and, and certain things are especially hurtful when they come from your mom, who's supposed to be fan number one, right? Right. And so when things come from there and that are hurtful, they tend to, they tend to cut a little bit deeper, even if you don't realize it consciously at the time. They're, I call them ninja bombs. They kind of, they mm -hmm. kind of lodge into your brain a little bit into your, into your prefrontal cortex. And then every so often they'll just go. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck? What was that about? You know, um, yeah. I have a question for you. Okay. Okay. Well, something first okay. of all stopping the cycle. Um, I was literally just talking about that this morning. And so um, real quick, just to like comment on the cycle thing, we obviously like our parents are usually typically our first like caregivers. And so that's where we learn emotional love and like trust and like all these different things. And so we then take that to our romantic relationship, our platonic relationship, all relationships. And to your point about like, just repeating the pattern, I was literally about this morning because um, sometimes it's the situation where you're like the antithesis, like the the opposite. So you mm -hmm. are, therefore like, well, this, you know, parental figure mom, let's say, since we're talking about motherhood was this way. So I'm going to be like the polar opposite, which is what has happened for me. Okay. And so um, I think that, yeah, breaking the cycle, like it's important. And this is something that the person I was having a conversation with pointed out. It's not just about going like, full pendulum swing other side. It's about kind of like balancing out because if I were to have kids, then I would be passing that along to them. Like the negative, like, no, like you don't take anyone's help. Like you do everything for yourself. And yeah, like balance, like allow some of that. So stopping the cycle, I made a note that, yeah, I just wanted to point out. And I think that that's something that we're not necessarily mindful of, but if you have like repeat patterns in relationships, then look at your relationship and like your upbringing and where that came from because typically what happens is that we create what we needed and so we therefore are trying to like heal some type of a wound um based on like what we did or did not have and so with that we're just repeating the same scenario in hopes of having a better outcome because that way we will have like proven to ourselves that like we're over it or we're healed or like whatever but yeah it's a matter of um not just recreating it to like play it out in some other form, but to actually recognize like what's happening, like to get to the root of it instead of building more shit on top of it. It's about like breaking it down, looking at it, and then from there healing it properly. So anyway, yeah, that was yeah no, I love that, and 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 I, I like what you said about not having that pendulum swing. I think there's a lack of consciousness about that, where you just go, I'm just gonna, 
I, I hated that. So I'm just going to do all the things, not that exactly. all the way on this side. And there are problems with that too. And mm -hmm. so there needs to be, yeah, some reflection and a consciousness. There were, you know, there were a lot of things that I loved about how I was raised. So mm -hmm. I'm not just going to, you know, if we're going to keep the motherhood analogy going, I'm not going to throw out the baby with the bathwater where, you know, there, there were some things that I really wanted to incorporate and some things that I really loved. But there were also a lot of things that I wanted to right. omit because it was just it was just too hurtful and I, and I remember how it made me feel right and I I, I think um, there's an emotional intelligence that is demanded of you that it's like it's not just how you're making people feel in the moment but they're spending so much time with you that they are learning how to relate. Right. You know, to have a bad relationship with somebody that didn't grow inside your body, that's one thing like that. That's but those those, th those wounds run deep. And we all know that whether whether you're a parent or a product of a parent, we're all one of those and at least one. And we all know what that feels like. And right. so, you know, to have that consciousness about it and to really think about, you know, a lot of people, you know, they're like, um, Oh my God, I'm, I'm just like my mother. I just, I just realized I'm just like my mother. I say all the same things and do all the same things. Why, why are you, why are you parenting on autopilot? Why aren't you thinking about, why aren't you parenting with consciousness, with intentionality? Yeah. And that's, that's a really important thing. I think don't just, don't just be lazy and, and fall back into all the shit you heard when you were a kid. Yeah. You know? Um, so yeah. Yeah, that's very true. I love that. Thank you for pointing that out. And yeah, we go to what's familiar, not what's best for us. So that's right. And and what's best for the the people that you grew. Yeah. All right. I'm ready for your question. Okay. Um, my question is, have you gotten to a point in your life where you feel like the parent child roles have been reversed for you? And when was that point? Okay, I've thought about this. Um, Yes. And it was something that I didn't realize was happening until after it had already been going. And so I would say, do I feel like, yes, um, how so in the sense that I think we all think of our parents as like our teachers, right? Like they're the ones that are here to like guide us and like show us the way. And I was fortunate enough in the sense that my were all very much like, do what makes you, you know, do what you want for you. We've been very fortunate in that sense. At the same time, they were to that pendulum swing so hands off that it wasn't really like encouraged that I tried X, Y, and Z, like sports. Like I never played sports. If you see me now, I'm pretty athletic. And so I'm just wondering, like, <laughs> what would have happened? <laughs> like, I remember I tried out for the volleyball team once, but like that was it. There was no like, well, do you want to try out for this too? Like, I don't remember there being any, you know, further. It was very much just like, oh, okay. I remember the first time that I said that, hey, I think I want to move to Miami. And I remember I called my mom and I asked, you know, like, what do you think about it? That's Mr. T, if you hear that noise. Um, and I remember like I was looking specifically for like guidance or like affirmation like you know some sort of insight and I remember where I was sitting I remember like being on the phone I remember everything about this moment she was really quiet and then she goes I think you'll like it and I'm like that's it cool so and I didn't cry I, 
I remember I was like, kind of like let down again. Like you look for the guidance. Like I, I didn't know. I was like 22. <laughs> like, okay. like I was the age of your son, like talking about moving you know, states away. So yeah. Um, cool. Like, thanks for like, letting me make my own decisions at the same time, like zero guidance. And so I think that I floundered for a long time. And I tried, I drank a lot. Like I did like a bunch of things that cool, like, and they, they weren't like all on board for that. Like I got people, like it was a whole thing. I was young, like anyway. Um, but like, I tried like a bunch of things. I floundered a lot and I finally reached a point where I feel that I discovered like who I am. I discovered like, you know, about like healthy eating, about like conscious behavior. Um, I learned a lot about psychology. I remember I read a lot of Malcolm Gladwell. I learned all Oh, I love Malcolm Gladwell. Gladwell. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I learned all these things. And in that sense, I was kind of like, let me share this. Like, this is cool, right? Zero fucks. I remember we came back, I was dating some of the time, and we watched um, this documentary. They didn't care. They weren't like, at all. But at the same time, they were just like, well, what about like the farmers? Like, oh, like, because it was like, um, like a GMO, like, look at like the stuff that goes into our foods kind of thing. Okay. Like food ink or something like that. Yeah. And, um, I was like, well, yeah, like that sucks, but like, this is what you're eating. Like, look. <laughs> and then I remember there was like, we would show them like the CrossFit games and like, look at how cool that is. Right. Like these people like close to their age are doing like crazy things. And they're just like, mm, like, you know, that's like unfathomable. Basically. We're just like, Oh like, yeah. Like they didn't care. And so in that sense, I feel like I kind of tried throughout the years to like different things, like here's a cookbook, this is a recipe, Splend is bad for you, just like, random stuff. And in that sense, I feel that I have been very much like, well, this is bad for you, like this is good for you, like parenting, like guidance kind of. Um, and I think that it happened, I would probably say for the past like decade. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and how does that, how does that role reversal feel? Are you, does that make you uncomfortable? Does that make you feel unsafe? Does that make you feel like, okay, something's not right here? Or are you comfortable with that role and saying, I've gone and done these things. I've learned these things. I understand these things. I'm going to use that to help you. And I'm okay with that. Or is it more of a, you should fucking know this. And why am I mothering you? Right. I think that I, I can see, definitely how something like that could be resentful in terms of like why don't you know this and I think that I've done like a lot of work around that like I, I'm present to the fact that generationally like we've experienced a lot of you know information growth in a short amount of time and while we have access available like or information available at our fingertips not everyone is you know going to go out and like seek it and so like I get that um I'm not blaming for that. I think that there was a resentful time um, for sure that I was like, why didn't you like do better? And I feel that, I mean, you're not saying the 100%, but I do feel that like I've moved past that part just because from all the stuff I've done, my, like you can't control anyone. You can't like, you can lead a horse to water, can't make them drink, like whatever now you want to you use. And again, to go back to earlier, I think the people, it makes me sleep better at night to at least believe that everyone is doing the best that they can with what they have and what they know. And so with that being said, there was definitely a point of resentment. Um, I feel that I'm past, I'm not saying that I have 1000%. 
Um, and it is something now that feels like I would like to share these things. Like other people's parents love me. And like, we have a great relationship. Like I text like some of my friends, like parents, like what? And I think that it's something that is disheartening and frustrating that I'm like, I have all this knowledge. I want to share it with you. And not only are you like not having it, but it's like, it's like they don't know me and that hurts. And it feels like rejection. Yes. It feels like, and I, I'm glad I had this like pre-talk in the morning. I didn't realize what it would turn into, but um, something else we spoke about is that, yeah, what I feel is it's been a situation where, um, talk about like emotional availability. And it's been my experience that, you know, taking the feelings away from it, just looking at the facts, sometimes she wasn't always, and it is what it is. My feelings now are that, and like then, I think, um, was that like, okay, so you weren't there then, like, don't try to stick your nose in my business now. Like, who, who are you to try to like come at me now when you feel like it? Or now when you think that like, you know, now that you know I'm drinking, like you weren't here like before you didn't know, like go away. And I think that that led to a lot of tension. Yeah, because it, it's, yeah, it's, it's that, it's that sense of why do you care now? Like in, in, when things, when these things were forming, right. you, couldn't, you couldn't give a shit, but all of a sudden now, because somehow you think it's your business. Right. That, yeah. And, and, and that, that, you know, that sort of, you know, well, why don't, you know, all my, my friends' parents like me, like all kinds of parents like me. Why don't, why don't you like me? And, and this, this sense of why, why don't you love me the way I need to be loved? Why, why can't I get what I need from you? Right. And I think we do that with a lot of family. We have expectations that they're somehow ex exalted above regular humans and they're still just humans, yeah. you know? So that's why we have, we have our biological family and then we have our chosen family. Right. And I think, you know, there's a lot of, um, I always, I always say this and, and people go, Oh my God, Beatrice, you have, you're, you're not, you have, you have no sentimentality. I do. I'm excited. I, <laughs> um, I feel that a lot of tr traditions are a trap. Mm hmm. They trap people inside of things that don't work for anyone. Right. Um, they're just they're just mood making and trying to recreate a good time that you had that one time. Right. And uh, and and it's so stressful for people. And I think that this whole like, um, oh, but it's family. I don't give a fuck. I I I I love my family. I love my mother, but man, I have I have I have had to set boundaries with her because. Um, because she, and I, lo I love her and I'm doing a whole thing for her on Sunday. I'm, I'm recreating an English, a traditional English high tea, just in case anybody's looking for ideas out there. There you go. You're welcome. Look, look at the courses on Pinterest. It's easy. But, um, but the thing is she can be very hurtful to me. And so I've had to learn how to set boundaries with her because, and not because I don't love her, but it's, and people go, oh, but that's your mom. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that she gets open access to me. Right. Especially, you know, when some things are hurtful. And so 
sometimes I have to call her out and sometimes I have to keep her at arm's length and I will, you know, check on her cause she's old her. And, um, but, but sometimes I have to do this. Right. Um, because I, I don't, I don't think that just because your family is your family that they get 24 hours, seven day a week, unlimited access to you and your psyche. Right. And, and I think, I think family boundaries are the ones that people have the, the hardest time drawing because like, well, that's your family. And we get sold this, this narrative about what family is supposed to be, you know, this like macaroni and cheese commercial about what family is supposed to be. And it's not always like that. It's not like that for everybody. And so sometimes you need to protect yourself from some of the things that have been driving you nuts since you were a kid or a teenager. And and go through those feelings. And sometimes the best thing is just to take some space for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. And I think that yeah, you're exactly right. I love how you pointed out about like being traps. I think that, yeah, like the, the nuclear family unit <laughs> has been sold to us as like the end all be all. And it's frustrating to try to like fit those pieces into like the box when like there's, that's, that's not the box to be in. And, yeah, I think that's a good point. And uh, yeah, I think can I just say something else real quick? And and this is this is a saying that a lot of people like to throw at me, and mm. I, and I love it because they, you know, I get to throw this back at them, and then they go, oh, they do the, you know, blood is thicker than water, you know, and I go, do you know what that actually means? Do you know where that actually comes from? So excited. That comes from the water is actually representative of your water breaking before you're born. The blood is the blood of the soldier next to you in battle, not your family. Mm. Blood is thicker than water, meaning the blood of, of the guy standing next to you in battle all day ha that has your back and you have theirs, that is a stronger bond than, you know, your little amniotic sac and all the people that go with that. So. So a lot of people don't don't know that they they think blood over oh, blood we're related by blood that's not what that means. So you know think 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 Sparta and all that kind of I that kind of stuff. That. Oh, you're welcome. We, yeah, we blew somebody's mind over there. Sit. So you're welcome. You know what? That's what I aim to do on a Friday afternoon is blow people's minds. That's there you um, go. Yeah. And so and so I think that that I when I learned that that was another. Um, sort of confirmation for me of, you know, your family's your family. And yeah, that's great. But also they don't get to, they don't get to have access to you if, if they're, you know, going to be all foolish. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the blood are the people that are in your circle that are, you know, that have your back, that are there to celebrate with you and cry with you and do all those things without all the, all the, you know, tradition and manipulations that may be lurking in that history. And there's a, there's a lot of stuff just because like you said, and I, and I liked what you said about, you know, and I'm not saying not to forgive them and not to have compassion for them. Absolutely. But that doesn't mean you get to hurt me all the time. And I like what you said. It's like, I like to keep in mind that they're just doing that the best, the best that they can with what they have. Yes, absolutely. But that's not all, all always good enough. Right. For you. And so then you need to protect, protect your space, balance your space. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> we're already 37 minutes in, Jonna. What are we going to do? <laughs> we're trying to get out. 
Carrie said high five. Lars said thanks. Ashley, hello. Oh, little guy. Oh, Jesus. It's like a party over here. Okay. Question number two for you. What's something that was easier than you thought it would be when it comes to motherhood? Something easier than I thought it would be. Mm -hmm. um, transitions and letting go. Okay. There's a, there's a narrative about the, the empty nest syndrome mm -hmm. and just mourning the baby stage and mourning the toddler stage and no, Mr. T, no, no, baby. <laughs> um, I, I, I think I think there's a narrative about like being being sad about your children growing and changing and and not being babies anymore or not being you know um, cute little kids anymore. I, you know, like I remember like mothers crying on the first day of junior kindergarten. I was like, what? Mm -hmm. Like, all I was thinking about, like, this is going to be so great for them. They get to make friends and learn stuff. And, you know, you know, I think, I think, like, have their autonomy, mm -hmm. which I think a lot of parents have trouble with. They have trouble with their children's autonomy. Right. And so, like, and, you know, when they go to high school, they're going to high school. Yeah, that's what's supposed to happen. Or, you know, graduating from high school or, you know, the first time they get a job or they do something without you. Like, that was always a celebration for me. Mm -hmm. And and I and even, you know, experiencing my first kid moving out and everybody's like, oh, my God, are you sad? And I'm like, no, no, I'm excited for him. This is what's supposed to happen. I feel like that's made me a success as a parent. Right. It's like. You wanting to go out and, and do your own thing. And like, what? It's like, no, sure. I miss the kid, but he'll be back. He need, you know, he'll need salt or something, you know, or a can opener. And, and the thing is, you know, like I, I, no, I was excited for him and happy for me. It's another stage for me too. But I think what happens is that a lot of, a lot of parents over parent and they sacrifice their own selfhood for their children, which is a huge mistake. They sacrifice their relationship with their partner. They sacrifice their, their, their selfhood. They sacrifice all of their interests. And like, my parents were almost never home when I was a kid. This is one thing that I liked about that. They had a, they had a life outside of my brother and I. We had babysitters a couple of times a week. They'd go out bowling and they'd go out for dinner and they'd go to like concerts and stuff like that. And it's like, that's what's supposed to happen. Like you're, you're supposed to see your, your, your parents as separate entities. Parents are supposed to see their children as separate entities. But mm -hmm. I think that's, that's been lost over the last couple of decades. Overparenting is, is a huge problem, huge, huge problem. And so I think, and so that, that sort of bill of goods that was sold to me about, Oh, this is going to be so hard and that's going to be so hard. And, and it really wasn't, it was a, a, a celebratory point at each juncture. It's like, that's amazing. You've gotten to this point. That's amazing. You can do this now. And that's amazing that you're going this place. So that was one thing that was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. I with. love that. And I love that you mentioned it and like framed it in that celebratory sense, because yeah, I think that 
women are raised that like, you know, their value or work, like, you know, how successful like your kid is. And so every time their kids start to be a little bit more dependent, it's like, well, fuck, like, what am I going to do? I've trained so many women who I have seen, you know, in tears and just really like upset. It's like their oldest is like leaving and they're like, what am I going to do? Like the youngest is leaving. One of their kids is leaving and they're like, you know, like, what am I going to do? Like, a mom for like, whatever you want. Right. <laughs> And I'm like, girl, <laughs> woman, <laughs> yeah, whatever you want. Um, flex is set, balance is key. I find that in my region, most people underparent. Where's well, your? That's that. That's that. That's that pendulum you were talking about, right? Yeah. Underparenting isn't good either. Kids right. shouldn't be. Kids shouldn't be making their own rules, and that makes them feel unsafe. They need structure, but they also need to, you know, that that structure helps them grow and move to the next step. And that should be celebrated, not like, oh no, what am I going to do? And how are how are how are children, like, what are children supposed to do with that? Where they get the idea that they are your sole source of happiness and fulfillment? <laughs> That's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Yeah. And that over involved that over involvement is is an issue. Like, this is where we get the. Um, I don't know if you saw the. Um, if you heard about the college admissions scandal. Yeah. Yeah. That, what's that? With Aunt Becky. Yeah, with Aunt Becky. And that's a perfect example of being overly involved in, in every step of the way of your children's life. Let them do their own shit. Yeah. How are they supposed to learn if, yeah, if you do that? This, and that Olivia Jade chick didn't even want to go to college. She didn't want to go. Yeah. But anyway, I don't want to get too far afoot of that, but I just, but I think, yeah, that, that was, that was probably something that was a lot easier. I, I just found it fun to celebrate all the milestones and go, great. Now we don't have to worry about this anymore. We can move on to this challenge. And yeah, I think that was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. That feels fun. Like, as you know, Ohio, these kids are wilding out. Wild, wilding out. <laughs> oh, yikes. Okay. Carrie. Carrie, are there are there kids wilding out there in Ohio? In Ohio? Is that? Oh, is Carrie from Ohio too? Yeah, she is. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, let us. I mean, know. I didn't mean to just dox her. I just. No, no, it's fine. Well, I don't know if it's fine. I'm not her, but <laughs> yeah. All right, so Central Ohio, where it's at. Um, yeah. Okay. Next question. I'm ready for my question. Okay. I'm not looking. Okay, so um, what are the influences that your mom has had on you, both positive and negative? Like, Ooh. what are the things that you've kind of, <laughs> Carrie says they're all wild and out in Northeast Ohio too. <laughs> What's happening um, in Ohio, y'all? I don't know, but uh, that was gonna be on our road trip, but I don't know. Yeah, I was like, I've never- I mean, I don't know much about Ohio, but yeah, apparently, apparently they need some, some guidance. Apparently the kids are going mental, just wild down there. Yeah. All right. So, so what are the influences your mom has had on you, both positive and negative? He said, flex to underparenting. Gary said the lake, the lake makes people nutty. That's <laughs> um, water does that. Um, okay. So influences, like I touched on earlier, pretty hands off. So. I don't know independence 
like I knew how to do laundry, like take care of myself and be really self-sufficient. Um, and that's something that I've kind of always done. I got a job that I've seen. Um, like, yeah, like I think that influences, um, there haven't been any that I'm like, oh, I like that. Like not to be a bitch, but like nothing has been, oh, I like that. Let me do that. Except, okay. And I don't even know if this comes from her, but like maybe. So the nurturing component of it. Um, I'm very nurturing. I don't let a lot of people in. And I think that that is because what I have experienced, I've seen like the conditional acceptance. Like I like this part of you, but not that part of you. Mm. Very cautious about who I let close to me because I need to know that you're going to accept all of me and not just part of it. And mm -hmm. so, like, I'm always me. I feel I'm very authentic. And at the same time, my circle of friends, it's literally like four people. Like, yeah, I have a lot of people that I know. Um, and I have like, I'm friends with that I do share things with openly. But like, the close like day to day, it's like four. And um, yeah, I think that 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 comes from that guardedness. So I'd say I got that. Like nurturing and care in this morning I think that what I observe my upbringing that love is expressed by caring for people because she always took care of like everyone when she like was up and about and so with that being said I think that like my interpretation of what love is it's like caring for people having people care for you and that can be a definition of love love can look like whatever you want it to that's not what I want to like. and so I think that um, the traits that I got are independence, a lot of awareness, um, and really guardedness, like in terms of, yeah, like, like who I let get close to me and like the walls are thick. <laughs> so, so yeah, I would say those are the, the traits that I got. Um, I don't know that I would consider any of those necessarily positive or negative, but they're just kind of like it is what it is. Well, it depends on the application. Right. And, and I, and I, I, I think you're, it's interesting the way you put work, you know, it's, it's not necessarily things that you get from them, but it's the way you've been influenced by who they are. Yes. Right. And so, you know, if you're, if you're guarded, it's not necessarily because she's guarded. It's just because the, the way in which you were parented itself in, in that way. Right. And I, you know, I think that's something that, that just happens naturally as you, as you start, if you're on a path of growth and change and, you know, wanting to be better, do better. Um, I think there's going to be people that naturally let themselves out of your life and keep your circle decidedly smaller. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think, um, because, you, you know, I'd rather be sure of two or three people than kind of sure about a dozen of them, you exactly. know? So I think, exactly. and, and studies so show you only need one good friend, just one. Well, then I feel blessed because I have, yeah. Um, one thing that came up for me while you were speaking is uh, I used to shrink myself. I used to shrink myself around women. If I sensed that they were feeling uncomfortable because of me, and we spoke about this, I think, way back in the day 
about mm -hmm. like you're I'm not intimidated you're intimidated yes and I felt that I was making them feel some type of way and I didn't want to go back um and so with that said yeah I used to treat myself around women and it wasn't until um I did it once whenever I was coaching with a female coach and I was talking about like the situations and a male coach was like you know you don't have to do that right like there's no reason for you to not be like your best self and like be the coach that you are because you're just denying like everyone else like access to that mm. and I'm like oh he's right <laughs> and that was like but yeah that's something like it's been it's been a process but that um I would say is like that is a trait that I picked up mm. but again to your point it was kind of like just my way of coping yeah, yeah, your way, especially around women. Is that is that what you said? You only did it around women. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that I I I think our our mothers teach a lot about relationships with other women, and so if that's a problematic relationship, um, then, then then that's that's going to be a rough a rough go. Like I always I always found like a, there's a lot of women who like they just have like all these friends and everything and and i just i have a harder time with that like i, I like there are there i have a very small circle as well and same thing like i just don't it takes me a lot to trust yeah people that they're uh, women that they're not going to hurt me and it's it's and and i think sometimes you know and this, like i say this is all coming from a place of love i'm not trying to like you know, this is not a hit piece on my mother or anything like that, but, but there were, there were a lot of times where, you know, she would kind of pull out, pull the rug out from under me and behave in ways that were so, um, like, oh, wow, where did that come from? It kind of creates that uneven ground of, I don't know what it's going to be today. Right. Yes. Um, Yes, I had like the same thing. I told someone that recently. It's like one day I would do something cool. Next day, same thing, end of the world. And right. so therefore, like I learned and because like the reason this came up conversation is because um, it was someone that like is a, a new interaction and they were like, You're, you take everything so serious. And I'm like, it's not that I'm serious about it. It's that I don't want my reaction to influence like you and make you feel bad or like any type of way for what you just said or did. Because mm -hmm. I know what that feels like. I know what it feels like to, again, like to your point, do one thing one day, one thing the next, and like completely different like re reactions and responses. Mm -hmm. And so with that being said, I feel that that is a good trait because it has helped me um, in terms of just being very like monotone, like non-judgmental, and that unconditional acceptance. Like whenever someone tells me something, regardless of like, you know, shock value, for the most part, like obviously there are some things that I'm like, what the fuck, especially <laughs> that's when you do phone calls instead of video. Yeah. Yeah. It's like depending on the, the circumstance, but like anytime I'm with a client or anyone new, they tell me anything and I'm just like, and then I ask for more like information. And so, yeah, I think that that's where that comes from. Yeah. Yeah. And so you know what? what? You, you just made me realize I need to work on my poker face a little bit, I think. <laughs> I've got a good one. I can help. I've, I've got a good poker face. Yeah. So remind, like, remind me never to play poker with you. I, well, you're in luck. I don't know how to play poker. Oh, good. Okay. All right. We'll do yeah. you instead. All okay. right. Are you ready for, are you ready for your next question? 
Yes. Okay, so the last question was what was something easier about motherhood? This one is what is something that was harder than you thought? Um, I thought about this too, because you, and um, seeing your child hurt is a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Like, um, oh my God, am I crying today? So, and you know, like bullying is one thing, like, you know, kids being shitty on the playground or, you know, in the neighborhood or whatever, but um, the first time their heart gets broken by somebody is just, oh my God. Yeah, it's, it's, I think that's about the worst pain I've, because you can't fix it. You can't fix it. They have to go through it. You can't go through it for them. You wish that you could imbue in them all of your experience and all of your knowledge that it's gonna be okay. And it, like, and their world is crumbling from the inside out and there's literally nothing you can do about it. And um, yeah, I, that, <laughs> that's a lot harder than they tell you. Like when, when someone has really hurt your, your kid, um, just broken their little heart or, you know, betrayed them or, or something um, where they're just, where they where it just breaks them for a little while. And, and um, it's, what are you going to do? I mean, you can be there, you can try and talk to them and, and, and listen to them and great, but, but it's like when, when you have your, you know, teenage child sobbing on you and you're just like, know what to do like it's 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 heartbreaking it's absolutely heartbreaking it's like i that that's when you you get that feeling of i would do anything to take this from you and feel this myself instead of you having to feel it because i've done it before and it's fine and i know i'm gonna survive and it's cool and i just want to take that from you and you can't you know like anything else you can put a little band-aid on it you can give you know you can take them to the movies to distract them from stuff, you know, when they get a little boo-boo when they're a kid and stuff, but th these boo-boos are so big. And, and when they're inflicted by somebody else, like you want to murder that person, <laughs> you know, and you, and you have to, you have to be very conscious of what you're saying and the messaging that you're giving them because you want to honor their feelings, but at the same time, kind of be like, I'm here from the future to tell you, it's going to be fine, but you don't want to minimize what they're feeling. And at the same time, you think, I know they have to go through this because how else are they going to learn how to love and how to get over these things and how to, how to go through this? And it's like, it's like, oh, I just wish they didn't have to do that. I wish that wasn't part of the deal, you know? So I think that's the best response ever. I was, I was trying really hard not to let them spill. You know what I mean? It's just like streakiness is not, but it was, it's just, I, I remember some, some nights, man, just, ugh, it's awful. And there's, you can't, there's nothing you can do. So, and when they come out of it, it's like, okay. And you just, you know, you just let them talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And maybe they repeat it a, a million times over and you just let them, they got to do that. Right. And you're just like, I'm a killer. Right? Like, you're just like, I just, 
how could you hurt them like that? How could you do that? But right. it's tough. So, um, yeah. Okay. Um, all right. I got, I got a final question for you. Okay. And it's kind of a two-prong question. Okay. In the interest of, of time. What is something that you wish your mom knew about you or understood about you, but doesn't? Oh, and, yeah. and also, and then further to that, what is something that you wish she knew about herself that she's just <sighs> Okay, I'm going to answer that in reverse. I wish what she knew about herself is that she is worthy. Mm. In and of her existence. Um, because I really feel that she doesn't. Um, and I have multiple examples of that. Um, something I wish that she knew about me. That's just who I am. Like, I feel like, I honestly feel like very little like idea. I feel it's very like superficial. I feel that most of what she knows is like from what she sees me post on social media. Like, so anything, my favorite color, <laughs> like the just fact that- your favorite color? I don't think so. The fact that like, I don't like gifts, like stop. And that's like another thing too. They used to always like buy me shit. And I'm like, I, I feel, and I feel some type of way about things now when people buy me things, obviously not if someone like recognizes like my favorite coffee or like whatever, like that I appreciate, like I appreciate, but that again is you knowing me, you know, like I remember one time, um, someone that like, I asked them to pick me up coffee. And they brought it to me in a reusable, like, cup. One of their reusable cups from their house. Because they know that, like, I'm really big in, like, recycling. I always use a reusable cup. That kind of shit. I'm like, aw. But, like, yeah. I don't even think my mom knows, like, what kind of coffee I like. So, yeah, anything. It's really sad to say. <laughs> right. Well, no, but, I, but that's why I wanted to ask the question. Because I think, I think it's important free to recognize that and, and recognize like, I wish this was this way, but it's this way. And I need to accept that and move on and just stop telling myself stories about what this relationship is supposed to be. Right. And just accept it for what it is. It is and, what it is. and I'm going to tell you this now, because I know maybe we'll do another one for Father's Day, but I'm just going to sneak this in. I've had a certain relationship with my father for pretty much my whole life. It just started to change within the last year and a half mm -hmm. to something that I never thought in a million years it would. So I'm just, I'm kind of letting go of the other for now to just kind of see, you know what, maybe it'll come around and maybe some, some realizations will be made. And if not, I'm okay with that too. I, you know, I, I love my mom and I tell her that I love her and, and I do the things that I can do for her, but I don't, I, I've stopped trying to make that relationship into something that it's not. Yeah. And, yeah, and, I, and do my, and, and, and practice my blood is thicker than water. Yeah. I've been in that practice for a long time. Um, but there's still like some part of me and like, I love this part of me that's like holding on. And so, so be it. I'm going to start crying again. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm very numb um, and detached from it all. 
and at the same time yeah like there's still like while it is what it is there's still like some semblance of like hope mm -hmm. so. and, that, and that's why you're emotional about it because you're not quite as detached as you might think that you are from it i well i'm aware <laughs> <laughs> i'm like i'm over it like but it's it's one of those things where like I don't want to detach myself. Like I've done a lot of research. I know psychology. I know like emotions and sense of like, you know, if you numb one thing, you numb it all. And so like, as much as I want to be detached and as much as I have detached at the same time, like that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't, I don't want to numb myself out because I don't want to deny myself that same type of emotion, other relationships. Because, <laughs> because it spills over, right? Yeah. Spills yeah. Over. Dr. Brene Brown, you can't numb one emotion. If you numb something, you're numbing it ever, like you're numbing it elsewhere. So, wow. Yeah. So yeah. So that's that's what always, I always always therapy. I always therapy. Yeah. I saw these questions and I like read them, but then I was like, I don't want to think about them. Um, I'm glad that I didn't, sir. Mr. T's going crazy today. Okay. Um. Whew. Um. We have. Do you want your last two questions? Um, let me see. Because I had another one as well, I think, right? Yeah, I mean, we can go to the last one. Okay. Yeah. All right, so what advice would you give to moms? Stop listening to experts. Stop, you know, stop with all the expectations of being the perfect mom, doing everything that the experts tell you to do. You should be doing it this way. You should be doing it that way. Know your child. Get to know your kid. Because that is how you will learn to be an expert in your kid. And I'm not talking about medical advice or whatever, like, no. But this whole, you know, we, we, we live by, by experts now. Mm-hmm. And are they, are they, maybe, maybe they have some information and maybe there's a different way to do things, but, um, was always really interested in finding out who my kids were and what they needed and what was, and what worked best for us. And now that my kids are older, I'm starting to get feedback from them because they, you know, they, they spend time with other people and other people's families and they start to see the differences. We have a very small family. Don't even get me started with that. But, but, um, and so they're starting to, to, to see that and they'll come back and say, you never, you never talked to us like, like dumb little kids. You always, you know, treated us like people. And I think that's, that's the advice that I would give. Stop listening to everybody else. Stop, stop. And listen, I love Instagram, but stop scrolling Instagram and trying to be like everybody is doing it because it's cultivated. So you know what? Spend that time cultivating your own relationships with your own kid, getting to know them, who they really are, not just what you're, this, this image that you're projecting onto them or what you think it should be or what you think you should be. And um, I think I think a lot of people are just out of touch with their own knowledge and their own instinct and their own um they don't even find out how they feel about things and just to go back to what you were saying don't be a reactionary parent real parent consciously with intentionality and and 
um, with some thought about who your child is and what's best for them. You know, um, that's what I would say. I think that's great. And I, I, I love like everything that you said. Um, the part about getting to know your kid. Yeah. I think a lot of people like, and I think this can be applied to other relationships as well, but like we're trying so hard to get it right. Like our society, our culture has, you know, created this like idea of like perfectionism and like getting an A, like checking the box. We've really um, created this sense of like amassing like information and knowledge, but not actually applying it. And so while, yeah, like these experts, like we know all the things, what are you doing? And to your point about like, are they really experts? I mean, you can know a lot of shit, but to be able to apply it to each unique person and situation and experience, that is where it matters. Like call it an expert, call it someone who's like, you know, conscious or um, emotionally intelligent, whatever, but actually being able to take what you know and apply it in a meaningful way in the moment and, you know, to customize it to the person's experience. I think that that is where, to your point, like the magic happens. Like once you know your kid and like, once you know whoever you're in relationship with and you are able to empathize with them and to communicate effectively and to create a space where they feel safe to come to you with things like you were saying about like your kids now or like, well, you didn't talk to us like that. No, because like you fostered a, a space you created the environment where you could have this open dialogue and this connection and where they could be themselves and where they could you know learn who that is and know that it's okay to change and i think that if we all did that not just as parents but mm -hmm. as people that yeah we'd be in a different place i i, I love everything you that's that's exactly exactly right and, and to to take that to take that experience and and bring it to all of your relationships absolutely i think because it's all about connection isn't it with everyone and i and i think that's something you know that we've all learned the importance of over the last 13 months 13 14 months who even knows <laughs> no one knows we don't know um i don't know has it been five years i don't know i don't i don't um, know <laughs> you know like it's about connection and it's about connecting. And you talked before about, about this perfection. We need to stop with that shit. Yeah. Stop. You're going to make mistakes because you're human, but you know what, you know, what's also okay. Showing your children that you're human and coming to them and saying, you know what, this was wrong. What I said, I apologize. Let's move forward. And they won't like, they're, they're like, okay, mommy, like they're, <laughs> they're you know, and, and accept that you're going to make mistakes. And that's okay. Cause the same thing, you're just doing the best that you can with what you have. But if you are doing that with intentionality and with compassion and with, with, you know, um, a philosophy in mind of what it is a vision that you want for, you know, for people on this planet, then how wrong can you go really? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I love what you said about, I mean, everything, but about yeah coming to your kids and saying like you know what like that was wrong because i think that yeah we're so fearful of being wrong that we don't do that and if we had if we grew up in that kind of environment then we would not shy away from mistakes we would not shy away from these like conversations because we would normalize the fact that like oh yeah like this is wrong and now not to get political but to take it to a political place 
you know, like we're realizing these things and if it were normalized that like, oh shit, like maybe I like shouldn't think like that or like I don't necessarily agree with that anymore, then I think that that would, yeah, just help us all. Um, there was an activity that we did one time for work is like a team building, like icebreaker kind of thing. And the prompt was, if you could give everyone in the world one gift, what would it be? Hmm. And what would you say? Oh, you just sprung that on me. Uh, you know what? You go. Uh, you go first. Okay, okay. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what they said because, um, yeah, I was kind of like, I don't know what I'd say to that. But um, <laughs> thank you for that. Their answer was like the most beautiful thing. They were like empathy because I think like that's you know what we're all like lacking, right? Like I would solve a lot of things, and I was just like. Oh, that's good. We like him. He was a new guy. <laughs> Thanks, new guy. Yeah. You're gonna go places. Yeah. I no, I, 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 I love that. I, 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 empathy is is in short supply in a yeah. lot of ways, and this disconnection that we've been been experiencing for this amount of time hasn't made that any better. But I'll tell you something. It's coming. It's it's come back. Empathy is going to come back in a big way, you know, Good. empathy and the whoring twenties. That's, that's, I don't know if you've heard that. Yeah. But you know, like, but like, I, it's so funny because you know, we're like, you get so used to like screaming at people on the internet. And I was out for a walk a couple of weeks ago. Cause that's what I do for my parasymp for my parasympathetic nervous system. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and this old man on the street just stopped me to ask me about my AirPods and you know, I notice a lot of things going on at once, right? So he he starts talking to me, and he asks me about his air about my AirPods, and then he starts oversharing about you know his his drug addicted daughter in law, and he's you know doing all the and I'm like hmm, okay, like and and then he starts okay. talk, he talks he's starting he's starting to talk about all of these all of these things where I'm just like mm -hmm, you know conspiracy theories and all the stuff and. And he's like, you don't agree with me, do you? And I'm like, I don't, but that's okay. Like, keep talking. And the difference between like being face to face and having that, you know what? This man pr probably has only been talking to his his son for the last year. You know what? Let him go. Enjoy. And yeah. and he wasn't shitty about it. He wasn't, you know. But at the same time, he was like super animated. You know, this guy. You know, ah, and, you know, pointing at me and stuff like that. He wasn't angry. He was just really emphatic. And I was just kind of standing on the street like this. And I noticed, like, it was kind of a, a busy street. So there were cars driving back and forth. And certain cars would slow down for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And it would kind of catch my eye, you know, just in my peripheral vision. I would look over. And I noticed that women were, women in cars were slowing down to make sure, to, to check on the temperature of the conversation. Right. They, they, were check they, they were checking on me. Yeah. And I was you like, said... sis, I'm good. Thank you so much for checking on me. It's so sweet of you. And I was thinking, and I was like, in that moment, I was like, you know what? I have some hope for humanity. Yeah. Like, here's this old man where I can say, no, I don't agree with you. And he goes, oh, okay. And just keeps talking. And it's fine. You know, there's no personal attacks. There's no, none of that stuff. And then, you know, sis driving by, checking on me, making sure he's not yelling at me on the street and across right. me on the street. And I think, you know what? We're going to be okay. I love that story. Thank you for sharing it. I'm going to read a couple comments and then I have a comment and then like, okay. I guess we'll wrap it up. So, um, I don't know which, which name you want me to go by, but we'll say lucid pool. Um, empathy oh, comes yeah. in perspective. Hey. Yes. 
And then if we can shed perspective, the empathy will bloom. Mm -hmm. I understand that not everyone doesn't understand and they can't unless that they experience. Um, some have it naturally, but it truly really takes perspective. Amen. And yeah, I think that that's something that we've all been lacking because to your point, like we've all been like in our own little bubbles or your pods for the past however long. So like our perspectives have narrowed to some extent. Like even though we've got the internet, it's really easy. And I think we spoke about this to like unfollow, unsubscribe, block, like to really like solidify like our confirmation bias and like Google something that just confirms what we believe. And so that perspective notion, while yeah, like I think it's important, we haven't been traveling, we haven't been like, we haven't been experiencing other people's perspectives. We yes. may have been present to them, but again, it's just like X, block, <laughs> deny. And so, yeah, I think that um, it's gonna be a, an interesting period as we start to like come back into like the new normal, as everyone calls it. Um, Boring 20s. The word that's so, yeah, like, I mean, damn, like, we've been locked up. Um, <laughs> um, the thing that uh, get your is, shots, everybody. Okay, yeah, all the shots. Okay, HPV, yeah. <laughs> all vaccinated, wrap it up, make yep. sure you're being safe. They're, they're bracing for a wave of syphilis. Oh, god, gross. I was just gonna say, like, we don't need STDs like on the rise either, but like, ugh. no, anyway. We've, I feel I feel like we've we've drifted off. To we've drifted off. I was gonna say this <laughs> one wrap this up. To take us back to motherhood and wrap it up. Yeah, thank you everyone who tuned in and for your comments. Um, you mentioned this earlier, but I didn't want to like interrupt. So, in terms of you were talking about like, and you mentioned it again whenever you said that the women slowed down and checked. Mm -hmm. um, I was listening to something from um, a researcher. She's a doctor, and she was talking about um, what happens to a female, like a woman's brain, whenever she's pregnant. And the neurons in like the area of our brain that is um, related to like empathy and like emotional connection and sensitivity mm -hmm. start to develop more. Wow. Yeah. How cool is that? And so, you know, they haven't like been able to prove why, but obviously in theory, it's because like, as you are growing a human, you need to be more privy and more conscious and more aware of like what their needs are and what their emotional, like, you know, requirements are going to be and so that's why they think that like but yeah it's proven in the brain when you're pregnant um that center like starts to develop more because yeah. you don't throw them out the window because sometimes that's <laughs> there's days <laughs> i was reading so i'm reading survival of the prettiest i don't know where it is yes you told you spoke to me about that book so yeah, i stopped reading it we're reading we're back again but it talked about how different things like seem to um, be pleasing to humans. And it was, it talked about like how like big eyes, like bald heads, like things like that. And it's like, it's interesting that that's how like literally all babies look. And one yeah. of the things that they pointed out was that like, perhaps it's because like, you're like, well, it's so cute. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to harm it. That's, that's an actual psychological phenomenon. I, my minor's in psychology and there, it is an actual thing, the cuteness factor of babies. It's meant so that you don't hurt them because they're annoying sometimes. So their eyes are giant and their yeah. skin smells great and, and their lips are little and their cheeks are big and, and their noses are tiny and, you know, yeah, their little bald heads and, and their chubba wubbas and all that stuff, right? They're just like, they're just like, oh, they're so chewy. And that's so you don't kill them. And, and, um, yeah, so you know, yeah, so you don't accidentally put them in a microwave or something like that. Um, and 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 
Um, babies are born immediately looking like their dads. Interesting. Also, so they don't kill them. Well, so I read about that too in this book. We're getting way off topic. So if anyone wants <laughs> to that, but this is cool. It's about so, motherhood. This is cool. Yes. So um, about like the, the appearance. So it, they related it to Mickey Mouse. Like that's how like Mickey Mouse started to look. They gave him like big eyes and like, <laughs> like chubby cheeks. And like, why do you think he's so entertaining? So like adorable. And I'm like, interesting. So like they're psychologically like fucking with you. But aside from that, the dad thing. So yeah, I read about that too in the same book. Where the hell is it? It's over. Okay, I see it. I found it. I'm like, what did I do with it? So yes, to the, like, I'm getting so excited. Um, talking about brain science gives me a walk. So it was saying that, yes, they look like the dads. And like part of the reason is so that um, the dads will like stick around. Yeah. So that like, they'll believe it's their offspring. So that mm -hmm. they won't like mm -hmm. go off. Like they'll want to like, yeah, protect. Well, them. and so like protection of the, of the infant and protection yeah. of the mother. Right? Yeah. yeah. God. I know it's crazy. I know. Nature's cool. I love, I love nature is super cool. Smarter than we are. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah I don't want kids, but like, that's cool. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay. That's all I had to say um, about that. Do you have any closing comments? Anything else you would like to add? No, I, I think this, this was such a, a, a cool thing to do on the eve of Mother's Day weekend. And, um, you know, I think, I think we just need to, to let ourselves off the hook a little bit and just enjoy our people for who they are. Like they're in our lives and, and just let all the bullshit narratives go and just, and just enjoy and, you know, look up on Pinterest, how to do a high tea. Cause it's fun. It's fun. It's fun. And it's fancy. So that's enjoy. so fun. Yeah. I yeah. usually make like a, like a brunch situation. So I'll probably be doing that. Um, but yeah. So thank you for having this conversation. Thank yeah, you for everyone thanks. that like stuck with us and like tuned in and like commented. Um, and yeah, if you have any questions, comments, do slide into our DMs. Check out Cheating on Fears podcast relaunching next Wednesday. Um, check out what I've got going on. We're doing some like fun things. Um, I'm doing a booty and brain games. So I'm doing, yeah, I'm combining like a lower body, like booty, glute focus, not just like booty, like your ass, but like your posterior chain. Um, and then like some mindset coaching and then some live coaching next Love Saturday. So it. yeah, it should be cool. We're talking about your narrative. Your fit, your fitness real game is fire. Just so you know. Thank you. Thank mm -hmm. you. I'm thank enjoying you. It. I appreciate that. So thank you all for tuning in. We will see you next week with another topic and hope you have a great weekend. Bye.